Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. This week I have uh, not only a good friend of mine, but my brother. This week I have Robert Quiles. Rob, how you doing, man? What's going on, Johnny? Thanks for having me, brother. No, absolutely, man. You, you were someone I had to get on this show. Had to. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I had to be a guest. I had to. Like when you started this whole thing, I was like, yo, I gotta be, I gotta get on here. You know, I gotta be a special guest and we gotta make it an entertaining, you know, podcast. So let's get this started. Absolutely. So first off, Rob, how are you doing, man? Quarantine, coronavirus. What's what's going through your head? How are you? Uh, I'm good. You know, I've been uh just uh trying to get through this. You know, it's been tough. You know, uh, trying to get outside, get groceries in the house and stuff like that. It's scary just to go out and even go get those essential things that you need. So, yeah. you know, but I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, we're good. My house is stocked and I'm healthy. So I thank God for all that, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, how about you? Everything's all good? Holding up? Yep. Everything's all good. Same thing you're saying, man. You know, we, we try not to go out. You know, we're trying to do what they're saying. Stay in, stay home, you know. Yeah. Stay in now so we can uh, we can enjoy whatever is coming from from the future. You yeah, know, like absolutely. It's not much to absolutely. ask for. But you're yeah. absolutely right. Like it's scary to even think about you know having to go out to get things that you absolutely need. But mm-hmm. you know that that's just the the gravity of the situation right now. Yeah, I mean there's nothing we can do about it. You know that that's all been taken out of our hands. So we can just do what they tell us to do. And as long as we do that, hopefully you know the city opens up in the future and we'll be all good. Yep, exactly. So to start off the podcast, I got to ask, Rob, what mm-hmm. got you into wrestling? What got me into wrestling? Wow. Uh, great question, actually. Um, honestly, when I was little, my cousin, who I looked up to pretty much, you know, he was, a, you know, a big, huge wrestling fan. So, you know, he would watch and I pretty much like whoever he liked. So at the time, of course, he... He liked the Hitman. He liked Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> so I had to like Brett the Hitman Hart. So honestly, if I had to choose a guy, it'd be Bret Hart. Bret Hart got me into wrestling. And uh, who would you say is your favorite wrestler of all time? Favorite wrestler of all time has to be Bret Hart. Why Bret Hart? Why Bret Hart? Honestly, when when I got into wrestling, I was just a kid. I didn't really understand the concept of wrestling you know to me it was just a show it was just something that came on tv that i just liked watching but as i got older and you know did more you know watching of it you know watched it more and understood it more you know and how you know the concept of wrestling uh, and while i was you know analyzing and watching bro hart i felt like he was one of the better guys at you know at his job at wrestling no yeah absolutely being a crowd pleaser you know, being an entertainer and, you know, coming out with the the shades and the leather jacket like that. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That was that was stylish. I, I liked that. I loved it. It doesn't so, get cooler than that. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. Uh, to this day, if you come out with a leather jacket and those shades, you're still cool. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to agree, man. You know, Bret, Bret Hart, uh, I agree. You know, he's he's definitely one of the better wrestlers of all time. Like, you know, oh, I, yeah. I People have said, you know, he might not be the most entertaining, and I would agree with that, but when it comes to technical wrestling, he's great at his job. No, absolutely. Like, he pretty much perfected the simple moves, you know? Like, yeah. you know how wrestling has evolved today. There's, you know, there's high flyers, there's grapplers, there's wrestlers, and then there's brawlers. You know, but he perfected 
his technician uh, as a wrestler and also like the simple moves of a suplex, a DDT. Yeah. He did all those very well. And back then, if you could do that very well, you were considered one of the best. No, yeah, absolutely. I got to agree with you. Uh, moving on with the podcast here. Something I got to bring up at the top of the podcast. Sad, it's, it's a sad thing to bring up, but, you know, I feel like we had to talk about it. You know, the uh, the death of Howard Finkel, man. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, dude, that was... I, I think everyone in the world, if you're a wrestling fan, can agree. Howard Finkel was hands down and will always be the greatest ring announcer of all time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hands down. I mean, uh, you know, of all the... Even he's he's probably the pinnacle of the announcers for back then. Like, he was, you know, the one. Absolutely. So, you know, and the voice, honestly, too, if you want to, you know, say that. I, you know, everything that he's done, he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer, you know, for being an announcer. So, you know, prayers out to his family, honestly. No, absolutely. Uh, Same here, man. Um, so the next big thing I got to talk about. Wow. What about all these releases from the WWE? Oh, man, that Dude. was... That came out of nowhere. That came out of left field. I like, it's crazy, too, because I read the article that day where they were like, there's going to be cuts. And I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. Coronavirus, every company's yeah. doing it. It's tough. But uh, I didn't think, like, the releases were going to happen the same day. And yeah, they I just mean, kept coming. Yeah, and what's crazy is that, you know, you need... You know, most of the guys that were cut aren't main guy you know like material like they ain't gonna yeah. materialize into anything you know other than helping probably rising stars true but true. you need people like that in the wwe yeah. and some of the names that they released are guys that can catapult other people you know and perform in the ring very well at a high level very like, true and you know for instance they just let go of um you know um aj styles crew you know, that, we that, just that saw one, them. That one was shocking to me. Like, I couldn't believe Gallows and Anderson are gone. Like, couldn't we just that. saw them on WrestleMania. So how yeah. how are you going to let them go, like, that easily? Like, just like that. Like, so that that was pretty crazy to me, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, and, you know, j- just to read off a couple of people, you know, that I was shocked about. You already mentioned Gallows and Anderson. Um, You know, Kurt EY Angle. was let go. Uh, EY. EY was Kurt Angle. Too. Yeah. EC3, you know, they didn't really do much with him, but I feel like he definitely had potential. Yeah, I they they honestly did nothing with him though. He probably had to go. That was probably a That's good true. release, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, Zach Ryder. I was actually surprised about. I was re- he was one of probably the name that popped out the most to me. Like, Zach Ryder. I, I understand they don't use him as much, but he's still like Zach Ryder. Yeah, like people like Zach Ryder. Like Zach Ryder has a fan base. Believe it or not, <laughs> people love Zach Ryder. I'm exactly. a fan of Zach Ryder. Absolutely. Um, another one that was very surprising, Rusev. Rusev, yeah. His, actually, his name did pop out to me as well. Yeah. Because, like, he's still a guy that they can use, like, in the U.S. title contention or well, IC I see. contention. Absolutely. I agree. Um, one that really hit me deep down, and people laugh at me, but I'm like, dude, like, you can't tell me you're not a fan of him. Um, Mike Chioda. Mike dude, he's been a referee <laughs> for 31 years. <laughs> honestly, it's funny you bring him up, like, because, like, no one is honestly going to look at Mike Chioda and be like, okay, no one cares about a referee. <laughs> Yo, he was the but, senior referee. He was the Earl Hebner of today. That's who yeah, he was. I, and you know what? Yeah, I agree with that, because Earl, Earl Hebner is, is a legend of referees. <laughs> Yo, so Mike Chioda. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
before I move on from the releases, uh, they weren't part of this package, but they were released the week prior. I wanted to just get your opinion because I know you were very shocked about it. The Revival, man. That one is the most disappointing release that happened, honestly. that That's huge to me. Like, that, that is the huge – out of all the releases, that's the hugest one. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're right there, you know, I'm talking about top-of-the-notch class of tag teams. Like, yeah. Wrestling, like they're right there at the top to me, in my opinion. I think they're great in ring performers. They can wrestle, they can brawl. They're not high flyers, but they're your like traditional Smash Mouth tag team. And I can't believe like they let them go. Um, you know, it's funny because I read an article uh, about a day or two ago, and honestly, I'm happy that they let them go because they released information that Vince was ready to turn them into like a comedy tag team. Uh, and I was like, honestly, good, let them go, because that would have yeah. been such a waste of the revival. This is such what WWE does, though, man. They, you know, they they have this great talent, and they just don't utilize them well. So, you know, they either put them to the bottom of the barrel or turn them into something they just that does, just doesn't fit their characters. So. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because on my last show, uh, my last guest uh, threw a question at me, and I'm like, you know what? There, there's actually a lot of evidence that you're absolutely right. He was like, name me one tag team that came out of NXT that was successful, that came to the main roster. And I'm like, wow, a lot of them broke up. Like, they just yep. break them up. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, it's crazy. All, all of them. The Authors of Pain. Um, uh, the Vaude the Villains. I, the Vaude Villains. Ascension. Asc- Ascension was a big one, too, that I can't believe they just put to the bottom of the barrel. Because they were really good. Um, What's it called? Uh, Gable and Jordan? That, yeah. Gable and Jordan. Yeah, man. I can't. Yeah, and honestly, none of them, none of the tag teams that came up were successful. And I thought the Revival would actually be the tag team to do it. Right? Um, Before we move on from this, how many of these people do you think are AEW bound? Uh, it's kind of, see... I honestly, I would say if you would have asked me before the pandemic, I would have been like almost all of them would have been AEW bound. Yeah. But obviously they wouldn't have been let go if if it wasn't for the pandemic. So um, I don't know, man. I want to say, you know, like maybe a third of them, but it's tough because does AEW even have like the funding to even pay these guys, you know, because if I mean, if WWE doesn't have it. You know what, what? What makes us think that AEW is gonna be able to pay these guys? It's true. It's so true. So if they do take anybody, I think they take uh, Gallows and uh, Anderson. Okay. I think they take EC3. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. Uh, I could definitely see Rusev. And honestly, I, and Zach Ryder. Like the rev- the, oh, and the revival. The revival, revival, definitely. Yeah. Okay. If anyone no, yeah. gets signed first, it has to be the revival. I think the revival I, will be signed first. Yeah, I think that's a guarantee. I, I have to agree with that. Um, sticking with kind of this tag team uh, uh, talk that we're going with. Uh, so the New Day, this past Friday on SmackDown, became the new tag team champions, and they did it by New Day. <laughs> new Day. So <laughs> they had another triple threat match of just like. A single triple threat match. Pretty much the same thing that they did at, at uh, Mania. The only, but the only difference was it wasn't a ladder match. It was a regular triple threat. And the New Day. Yeah. Was, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not gonna say I hate the New Day, but I'm kind of over the New Day hype. 
Honestly, I love the New Day. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what it is. They are just so entertaining to watch, man. And when they have the titles and when they come out, it just makes them that much better to watch. Like, I get, you know, they're probably not the best in-ring performers as a tag team. Hey, man, what they do on the mic is uncanny. Like, not many tag teams can do what they can do. No, it's very true. And for them to be eight-time tag team champions and be relevant still just speaks volumes to what they've been doing and how successful they have been. So do you think that it was the right choice of putting it back on the New Day, or do you think we could have held off a little longer on that? Um... I think I think it was uh the I think it was uh the right decision because what the basically what the WWE is doing right now is it it's basically like in you know it's more towards guys who could talk on the mic it's more people who are entertaining like guys that could put on a show with their with their voice more than uh wrestling because to me most of the matches that they've been putting on like Raw and SmackDown haven't been good at all in my opinion yeah. I watched Raw you know uh last night and it was it was bad i i didn't enjoy it at all okay you know so but i i'd rather watch you know the new day speak on the mic than some of the matches they've been putting on i hear you um i don't know if you got any wind of this but have you seen any of the 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 controversy going around with ronda rousey i haven't uh read into any of the ronda rousey news at all no. so basically you know she was just talking trash about wwe and Really? Saying how it's like fake fighting and wow. this and that and blah 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 and like like she was going in and, and people were taking it really seriously because uh, you know everyone thought it was like a work like for a, a comeback or something but apparently it legit was not a work like Ron Ross was just going off and she actually got a lot of attention from a lot of um, wrestlers wrestlers oh, dude wow. Nia Jax legit said she was like yo like watch your mouth she was like I'll risk my job and come there and knock you the f out. She's wow. like, I don't care. So like, so so, what do you think about that? About Ron Rossi, you know, spewing out like, oh yeah, like it's fake fighting, like this and that. There, there, there had to be something that had happened behind closed doors that we don't Probably. know about. I because <laughs> I mean, Ronda Rousey was always talking about how she was a wrestling fan and she grew up watching it and how she loved Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. So to me, none of this makes sense. It has to be something that happened closed doors for her to come out and just start like bashing the WWE and wrestling. So I, I don't understand it. To me, it sounds more like a work than it than it does serious. I, listen, I agree too. Like that that that's what I thought initially. This might be like a, a, her way to come back into you know relevancy in the WWE, but if it's not, none of this makes sense to me. Um. No. Yeah. I I gotta absolutely agree with you on that. So another thing I read was. Uh, commentators are being told not to mention Roman Reigns at all. Apparently, mm. WWE is not happy with him, with, you know, the whole WrestleMania and everything transpiring. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that in regards to, you know, I, I don't think Roman made a bad decision. I think Roman made a decision of, like, listen, my health is com- is is it's compromised. Mm-hmm. I, I've had, I have leukemia. I've beaten it, you know, and I got to protect my family. So I don't think he made a bad decision here. No, I think he's absolutely right in the decision that he made. And I don't think the WWE should hold that against him at all. Like, if anything, that's wrong of them because, like, he's honestly, obviously taking, you know, steps into keeping himself healthy first. If anybody is at risk, it's Roman Reigns, 
you know, coming off of leukemia. So he needs to look out for himself first and his family. So what he's doing is best for him. And I don't think the WWE should hold that against him at all. No, no, yeah, listen, I absolutely agree with you on that. And I was kind of shocked when I read that. I'm like, you know, this isn't a time to be petty about things. (laughs) No, it's really not. Yo, like, okay, it happened. You know, your show went on. It went on without a hitch. Like, who cares? You're fine. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it's because, you know, they had to find a a quick replacement and the replacement wasn't good and they strapped the title on a guy they probably don't want the title on right now. Yeah. But, you know, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, you have to respect the man's decision. He, you know, he just came out of, you know, cancer. He beat cancer. And, you know, when you have cancer, your immune system is very weak. It's a serious thing. So, I think he made the best decision, and again, you know, I think the WWE should respect that. I agree. Um, something I want to bring up. So I think it was last week you had told me that you you tuned into AEW, and you were like, "Yo, like AEW wasn't really put on like a really good show. Like it was kind of like not that good. Like whatever." And it's funny you say that because the last two weeks NXT has actually beaten AEW in the ratings. What do you, What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, man. I mean, uh. To be honest, I haven't got caught up with uh, NXT. Probably going to watch NXT tonight. I'm going to... Well, tomorrow night. Yeah, come, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, AEW, yeah, I saw it last week. I saw the whole show, and I was not impressed. Not not at all. You know, they... Not one of their matches were good, like, mm. I, that I watched. They, none of them were good. You know, commentary was off. You know, Chris Jericho, I, I know, was... Uh, sitting by the commentary of one of the matches and he was even off his game he didn't even like sound interested at all (laughs) in being there so you know you know that these volumes too is not um no yeah man yeah and it's just i don't know it's crazy when you think about it that like they're that like wrestling is still happening right now because you know every other sport stopped and you know vince, yeah, is going, yeah. vince is going to lengths because now he's having governors deem his business essential and now i mean i i, I don't know man like i i get what you're doing you're trying to entertain people in, in a time of like you know chaos but like you know you gotta think of your employees <laughs> no yeah absolutely absolutely you know <laughs> and like it's crazy because like I feel like AEW is still going in just to response to WWE. I think if WWE stopped, AEW would have stopped. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. If AEW would have stopped, I don't know if they can afford to not put on shows. This is also true. So, because like they're still rel- relatively new, and if if they can wrestle, and the network, you know, is gonna be willing to still put on their show i don't see them not putting on a show because i mean they 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 have to do something and honestly if the wwe would have stopped this would have been a prime position for them to put out content and have them elevate you know their uh their business so uh i i I don't i don't think you know um they would have stopped the wwe would have stopped yeah that's honestly a good point i actually didn't think about that um Speaking more about NXT beating AEW, you know, I feel like NXT have been putting on some really good matches, and something they're alluding to in, in the coming weeks is they're trying to set up uh, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. 
Mm. So we already know that's going to be a good match. But before oh, yeah. we get there, uh, this Wednesday, they're actually doing Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor. What do you think about that? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Honestly, damn, I got I to gotta tune in for that because that's going to be a great <laughs> match. That's going to be a great match. I mean, two, two of uh, my you know faves right now, I love Velveteen Dream. I'm a huge fan of Finn Balor. You know, I love the move to NXT that they made with him. I thought that was good for to elevate NXT, you yep. know, them moving to a big-time network. So, I mean, that's going to be a great match. I mean, if they're trying to set up uh, Dream and Cole, that I want to see. That I mean, those are two guys, great in ring, great on the mic, great entertainers. You yep. know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all strapped in tomorrow night, then, if that's happening with Balor and Dream. Yep. Battle and Dream will be fighting tomorrow night, so that I I agree. I think that's a that's a must see match. Oh yeah, but I mean that has like you know five star potential. That match. It right does. There. It does. You're not wrong. Um, did you know that Adam Cole is now the longest reigning NXT champion of all time? Did you know that? Really? I actually did not. I he did not beat Balor's. He beat Balor's record. Wow. That's... I don't know what he's at right now, but he did beat his record. He is now the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Yeah. Wow. Is, Kudos. Listen, I mean, he, he's earned it. <laughs> yeah. Cole's earned his stripes. Well deserved. I agree. Um, something I've been wanting to ask for a couple weeks on this podcast, you know, just kept getting pushed back, and I figured, you know, I could, I could ask it now. What do you think is next for Edge? Oh, Edge. Um, honestly, I honestly, that's a good question because I re- I really don't know like what they're gonna do with Edge, what they can do with Edge. Obviously, they need to put him against people that are great in ring that can make the other guy look good. Agreed. You know, uh, Edge. I mean, not not to not to take anything away from Edge, but he is 46. He he looked he looked pretty good against Randy at Mania. That that was a solid match. Yeah. You know. Uh, but again, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't in front of fans or anything of that nature. So, you know, to see an edge match in ring, that's what we need to see. Cause we still haven't, I don't think seen that yet. Right. No, Besides, yeah, I uh, Royal Rumble. That was like the last time he's been in ring. Right. Yep. And you yeah. know, I, I gotta think they're going to be doing uh, a lot more, uh, him versus younger talent, you know, putting younger talent over, I think that's a guarantee. You know, I'd love to see him versus like Rollins. I think that'd be a good match to, to oh, see. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Part of me does think, you know, that we might get one more uh, championship run from him because you know he, he can definitely yeah, do it, I, especially like the part-time like yeah. contracts and all that. I can see him winning at honestly, least one world title. Honestly, to be honest, I think now would be a great move to put the title on Edge. That's true. And take it, you know, take it away from Braun. I think Edge would be, you know, people still are in love with Edge. People yeah. love Edge. You know, his comeback was huge and people were ecstatic about it. And I think, honestly, to right now would be a prime opportunity. If you're going to ever strap the title back on Edge, it'll be. That's true because, you know, um, not a lot is happening right now. You can definitely get away with him not having to be on shows every week. Like it's exactly. it's, it's possible. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if no, Goldberg, a- if you can strap the title on Goldberg, you can definitely strap it on Edge. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, it's very true. That's honestly a good idea. Um, 
So what do you think is going to happen with the Hall of Fame, man? You know, we didn't get to have it this year because of everything going on. So now wh- where does that leave the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Honestly, that thing is that's in limbo. I think the Hall of Fame is in limbo. And, you know, if if we can have fans maybe next year, WrestleMania, I think they just pack everybody from this year and next year in one show because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to the guys that were in the Hall of Fame this year to not – you know, be able to do presentations in front of crowds. I agree. I think if anything, if they do anything, it'll put everybody together next year, you know, for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think next year, honestly, if we're allowed to do it next year, I think there is no, like, new Hall of Fame. I think you just take what was supposed to happen this year, and, like, those are the people for next year. Or, or, yeah, 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 you could do that, too. Yeah, I think that's, that's the more believable approach here. Yeah, that actually is a better idea, yeah. Um, speaking of WrestleMania next year, though, uh, you know, with all this going on, they're saying that WrestleMania next year might also be no fans because they're saying they don't want no sporting events to have people until there's a vaccine for the coronavirus, which they're saying is going to take at least a year to a year and a half. So there, well, there, there's already a report saying that WWE is planning like a plan B for WrestleMania, like if so. Yeah, I mean, um, if. You know, if if it's like this year and uh, there's gonna be no fans, at least they'll be better prepared to do what they need to do and you know deem necessary to do to put on a better show and probably make it more entertaining than it was this year. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely you know, they'll, agree. They'll have a full calendar year to prepare for no fans and how to make you know the product better with no fans being. I think they'll do a better job next year if in case they don't, you know, no fans are allowed. So Yeah. Um, something I want to ask you, because uh, it was brought up on Stone Cold's most recent Broken Skull Sessions with uh, Ric Flair. And I thought about it, and I was like, honestly, that's a good point. Ric Flair had said that he feels like wrestlers nowadays abuse the superkick. Oh, yeah. And he was I mean, like, when I was, arrest- like, back when he was wrestling, he was like, there was one guy who did a super kick, it was Shawn Michaels, and that was it. He was like, you look at wrestling nowadays, everyone and their mother is doing a super kick. <laughs> what, yeah. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely right. Everybody does a super kick. Everybody. If you're athletic enough to get your leg up and, you know, <laughs> smack a dude in the face with it, you're doing it. Like, I mean... Tag teams do it. Look at the Usos. The Us- that's yeah. like one of their main moves is the yeah. super kick. True. And, you know, to take to take uh, a finisher that uh, Shawn Michaels made famous and to make it just a basic regular move, uh, it, it kind of doesn't seem right to me. But, again, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it is a, it's still a fantastic move to see when you do it. No, but yeah. it, has, it has taken the level – of the super kick prestige down like it's not you know if anyone ever comes out and you know and that's going to be their finisher it's not going to be very good and it's not going to be very popular because it's like everyone already just does it yeah and you know it's sad to think about because like you said you know when Shawn Michaels used to do a super kick like you were pumped you're like oh sweet chain music like but now like you said literally I can name probably off the bat 10 people who do a super kick yeah I like, mean everybody does <laughs> Yeah. Um. So you said you tuned into Raw last night, right? Yeah. 
I actually so, did miss the first 30 minutes of that's it. That's fine. I didn't, I didn't catch um, that. So something that, you know, I was worried about and it seems like they're going to do and I'm kind of pissed about. Uh, dude, why are you having Charlotte as the NXT champion wrestle on Raw? Why? Oh, uh, I actually said the same why? thing why? in my head. I was like, why is she coming out on Raw? Like, and, I mean, so some backstory is they they want Charlotte to to still be on Raw as the NXT champion and do this and because listen, Vince doesn't want to lose a talent like her to NXT. But I'm like, do you realize though, by having her hold your NXT title and be on like Raw and whatever else she's gonna be on, it diminishes NXT. Yeah, it does. Like their their main champion, the main women's champion, is appearing on other shows. Like that shouldn't be happening. So can Adam Cole just go on Raw and just like do what he wants and have matches? Like, <laughs> listen, I absolutely agree. Uh, I saw it, and you know, it, I've been reading about it the past couple weeks, and I was like, hopefully they don't do it. It seems like they're gonna do it, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I I think something that would really piss me off is like if she were to defend the title like on Raw, like against a Raw talent, I'd be like, no, like. This isn't how this works. <laughs> yeah, and also my my thing is if you're going to have Charlotte on Raw wrestling, why are you having her wrestle a jobber? <laughs> like, what what is the point of bringing her on Raw to wrestle a nobody? I, I don't nope, get it. I absolutely agree. I don't understand. Like, I, like, when she came out, I was like, okay, Charlotte's on Raw. All right, whatever. And then when her opponent came out, I'm like, who the hell is this? And why is she wrestling Charlotte? <laughs> like, it just makes no sense. Listen, you're absolutely correct. Like, if there's just no her... content there for them. There's no – that like, that was a meaningless match. Made no sense. Yeah, and, like, if you're going to have her wrestle on Raw, at least make it be, like, someone who's worthy. Yeah, or have some type of backstory as to why she's on Raw. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, it, no, it, was, it, was, it was meaningless, meaningless. Yep. I agree. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna figure it out. I think this is just the the reality situation right now. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, moving on now to Money in the Bank. Ah. So, Money in the Bank. I don't know if you heard is gonna be taking place at WWE headquarters this year in Connecticut. Yeah, I did read about that. Um. The well, ring is on is, top? the ring. Yeah, the ring is on the roof. Um, it's, it's something they've done before. Uh, I'm pretty pumped that they're going to have, like, some matches, like, on the roof like that. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's a change of scenery. It's mm-hmm. definitely something I'm a fan of. But something I'm actually, I'm actually a big fan of. And I was like, honestly, that's cool you're going to do that. It's, it's different. You know, it's, it's definitely going to get people to view. Um, that the, the actual Money in the Bank matches. So the way it's going to work is the competitors will start in the lobby of, uh, the headquarters. And have to go to the roof to then climb a ladder to get the briefcase. And I'm like, that's honestly a cool idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, at some point, people, you know, I mean, uh, the wrestlers are going to meet in the lobby and then, you know, wrestle in the lobby, fight in the lobby. Fight in the elevator. And then just eventually, yeah, <laughs> continue the match in the ring. And then obviously we'll get, uh, you know, somebody would be crowned money in the. Bank no, yeah. And, no. Uh, um, I also read that, you know, they're making this match, uh, well, I heard multiple matches, very, um, uh, theatrical, like, uh, like the Firefly Funhouse match was, and, like, the Boneyard match. 
Um, you know, I think they saw, you know, they, they kind of struck gold with that. So they're like going to try to uh, cap on that right there. <laughs> I don't I don't think they should make that a thing. Like, uh, I agree. Like, I agree. Review or wrestler try to do that because I think the people that in place to do those matches, you know, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, AJ, can do that with because they're well and great, you know, performers. I don't think anyone, if you put anyone else in that position, I don't think they're going to be. No, yeah, I absolutely agree, man. Uh, you know, not not everyone has that like uh, character mentality of how to do yeah. something like that. Yeah, like you know, now that we saw the Firefly Funhouse, that match is now put on a pedestal. Like yes. anything that happens like that match after it has to somehow reach or exceed that, and I just don't see that happening with other people other than John Cena and uh, Bray Wyatt. Yo, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so, we don't have all the competitors in the Money in the Bank yet. Here are some of them, and I want to I wanna get your opinion on who you think right now is, is the favorite to win. Yeah. So, for the men's, we currently have Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. Aleister Black, mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio, and Apollo Crews. Right now, who is your your pick out of those four to win Money in the Bank? I mean, obviously, the first two names stand out the most. Yeah. And uh, I think this is a prime position for Aleister Black. I agree. I absolutely agree with you on this. I think this is, if you wanted to do anything, anything at all, with Aleister Black, now is the time. Because if if he doesn't win this match, I mean, he's pretty much he's irrelevant. And, you know, he's just moving down the ranks of what we thought he could be coming out of NXT. Daniel Bryan, win or lose, he's still Daniel Bryan. You know, he's still going to put on shows. He's still, you know, one of the top tier, you know, wrestlers in the game. So win or lose just really doesn't affect him at all. But obviously, I I think Daniel Bryan's in this match for, you know, the big name material. Yes, I I would agree. Yep. Rey Mysterio, uh, you know, he's just another name to put in there, you know, for some entertainment. Yeah. Uh, he, there's no way he wins this. And Apollo Cruz, I just think it's it's uh it's past his time. I think Apollo Cruz is done. I don't think yeah. he has a chance of winning this match. I think the number one guy right now would be Alistair Black. Yeah, I have to agree. And uh, right now, the only other competitor I know that well, it, it's going to be a match on SmackDown, and we're going to find out who's going to advance. But right now, the the match on SmackDown for another qualifying is. King Corbin versus Drew Gulak. I think King Corbin is is pretty set from that match. I think he's yeah. he's going that. Now listen, I agree. I think Alistair, this is the perfect position to push him. I think he would do really well with the briefcase, uh, especially with his finisher, the Black Mask, coming out of nowhere. I think I think it would work very well. However, if Corbin advances, I could also see King Corbin as a favorite to win the match because of I don't know. I'd say like he's doing really good as a heel. He's doing really good as King of the Ring, and I could see him, you know. Walking around the briefcase and then eventually, you know, cashing in. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think it's one of those uh, he's one of those guys who've uh, paid his dues and yep. uh, in wrestling, he's uh done what he needed to do. He's changed his character. For God's sake, the guy shaved his head. <laughs> uh, 
you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I can honestly see him coming, you know, pulling it out of nowhere like uh, Barrett did back in the day, you know, an out of nowhere guy, yeah. you know, winning the winning the match. But uh, you know, I mean, really, they they they're in a in a prime position to really elevate Alistair Black. Uh, I think they will they will miss out on on an opportunity here to elevate a really good wrestler and a re- and a really good character for that matter. Yeah. So, you know, uh, no, that's absolutely have true. Have a future WWE, you know, match, you know. So yeah. I think I think I think if any of those guys, whoever, even any other qualifying guys that do get in, I think Alistair Black deserves it. No. Yeah. Listen, I I gotta absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, another. Oh, so now on to the women's match. Uh, mm-hmm. right now we have Nia Jax. Asuka, Dana Brooke, and Shayna Baszler. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious who uh, who we think is gonna who is the number one uh, forefront here to win Money in the Bank for the women's. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, Nia Jax, right? You think Nia Jax? I think it's Shayna Baszler. I I I, I was gonna say, look, it's between them two. Like, I, I mean, I, I I like Shayna Baszler. I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler, but I just think the the coming off the injury, I still think they want to do something with Nia Jax. So I do think like Nia Jax is gonna find a way to like pull this off and get a title match. Yeah, listen, it, it's possible. You know, Nia I think is believable, especially since she just returned from injury. But I don't know. I feel like I just feel like Shayna is is the is the person I I can see. Like I think this is how she gets her edge over Becky. You know, she's like I have the money in the bank. I can catch you whenever I want, and then she's gonna get an easy win over Becky Lynch. Yeah, I I, th- I think uh she's the prime candidate to put on the to have the money in the bank. I think she's uh I think she'd be better off with the money in the bank winning this match. But uh I don't know. I just you know you know what the WWE does. Yeah, guys coming off injury, know. they come back and then they just you know they excel as soon as they come off injury. And I think Nia Jax is one of those like one of their uh you know prime time people that they could put in matches. She's one of those dominant forces. So yeah. I can no, see her wrong. winning this match. That's true. Uh, so for the the world title picture at Money in the Bank. So as you saw last night, <clears throat> they officially announced Drew versus Seth. What do you think about that? Oh, I loved it. I loved Drew versus Seth. I actually like that a lot. I think, uh, you know, after watching um, Drew McIntyre last night, he's a lot more athletic than I thought he was. Yeah. You know, he did a moonsault out the outside of the ring. That was pretty impressive. You know, I'm very uh, Undertaker-esque, um, you know, uh, and obviously Seth Rollins, you know, his, his name speaks for itself. He's a very good in-ring wrestler, and I I do not have any doubt that this match is going to be primetime. No, I agree. Uh, who, who do you have winning this match, though? Uh, McIntyre. I don't think they're going to take the belt off of him that quickly. I agree. I Honestly, do think, I, I, I do think... Uh, it's sooner than we think that I think they are gonna put the title on Seth though. I, I have that feeling. Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna I was gonna add that I wouldn't be surprised if they do put the belt on Seth Rollins. Like I wouldn't be surprised about it at all. Yeah, I actually I, I'd be I'd be excited if he actually won it this quickly. That yeah, that honestly would be some crazy stuff, man. Like, like that would I, be out of nowhere. I don't think anybody would expect Seth Rollins to win this match. No, exactly. <laughs> I agree. Um and now onto the SmackDown side, you know, they're doing uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. And, you know, when, when I first heard this announced, you know, I thought, oh, well, there goes Bray, uh, Braun's, like, reign. You know, he's just, you know, you put him in the ring with the Fiend, it's over. Yeah, but it's now over. they're saying that 
it might not be the Fiend. It might be legit Bray Wyatt. So I don't know if he loses this match unless they do some kind of like switcheroo thing where like he starts the match as Bray and then like if he gets beat up, he becomes the Fiend. Like I don't know where they're going to go with it, but honestly, if it's Bray versus Braun just flat, I don't think Bray wins. No, I, I don't. I don't either. If it's Bray, I was just gonna say before you, you know, you said it. Um, if it's Bray, I don't think he uh, comes out of this victorious. But if it's the Fiend, it's an no-brainer. Yeah, the Fiend is winning yeah. this match. To be honest, whether it's Bray or the Fiend, I'd rather just have Bray, you know, as champion rather oh, than Braun Strowman. I agree. You know, Braun's not a guy that can carry the the company on his back, you know, being the main guy. So, you know. And obviously, he, he was a replacement. He wasn't even supposed to be in this position. Yeah, so exactly. I do I do like the storyline that they're doing, though, with Bray and uh, and Braun. But I, I honestly, I just hope that uh, they, they just strap it back on the Fiend. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see them doing, you know, Bray versus Braun this, this time just so they can lead to another match where, uh, you know, if Braun beats Bray, he's like, well, now I need the Fiend to beat you. And, like, that's how they do it. Like, I could see that happening, too. Yeah, they could so. probably, like, set up SummerSlam or something like that. Yeah, know. I agree. I agree. Okay, so before we move on to the top ten, you know, I got to ask you, because I think you're the only person in the world who felt this way. Uh, Rob, you were not a fan of the Boneyard <laughs> match. Why? Uh... Yeah, I, I look. It's not that I, I didn't like it. I just, you know, I was expecting, and I, I probably am wrong for expecting this, but I was expecting more wrestling, you know, in this other than it being more of a brawling match, like you know, straight, you know, you know, a, you know, it is what it is what it was, no, a brawling. Yeah. But. I did like that it was entertaining. Like, I, I guess that's what they were going for, just the entertainment aspect of it. It looking like a movie, you know, something out of a movie, you know. I, and there were, thing, there were things that I liked and there were things that I disliked. But overall, like, the entertainment aspect of it wasn't bad at all. That was great. Yeah. You're not but wrong. in terms of, you know, wrestling, it was a bad match. <laughs> i'll give you that one i'll give you that one <laughs> um okay yeah so before we watch this top 10 i always do today in wwe history today 18 years ago hulk hogan beat triple h for the undisputed title to win his last world championship ever wow fun fact At backlash huh? yeah fun fact very nice but speaking of triple h this Friday Night SmackDown, they are celebrating 25 years of the game. The King of Kings. The Cerebral Assassin. Yeah. We figured for top 10, you know, we got to do the top our top 10 Triple H moments. We got to. Have to. Have to. So, Rob, take us away with your number 10. Number 10 I have. I'm going to start this off a little bit of a bang, you know. Two people okay. interested here. I'm going to go with... Triple H wins the Royal Rumble for the last time and wins the WWE Championship and, you know, secures his 14-time championship. Very nice. Very nice. You know, listen, that honestly was a great moment. Very shocking. Yep. It's only, you know, the the second time, I think, in history that the title was on the line at a Royal Rumble. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, For my number 10, I have Triple H opens up NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. So I chose this because, uh, you know, this is the first time NXT 
you know, traveled out of Full Sail University. And mm-hmm. not only did they travel out of there, but they, they sold out uh, Barclay Center. Yeah. And Triple H, you know, he came out and he, he said in his uh, his opening, you know, it started as a whisper, but you guys made it real. Yeah. You guys uh, made it this big and you're the reason why it's happening. And, you know, the whole We Are NXT. And again, I chose that because, you know, I, I was trying to pick something of, of doing what Triple H does nowadays, man. Like, he's not an active wrestler. His, his thing now is NXT. So I had yeah. to include NXT on here. And I, I don't know. That moment to me is just when NXT really took, like, its its stride. That's when it started right then and no, there. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, honestly, I forgot all about that. And that is not in my top ten. So <laughs> to you for uh, doing that. <laughs> Thank you. What do you got for number nine, Rob? Number nine, February 27, 2000. No way out. Triple H, Cactus Jack, Hell in a Cell. This, to me, was one of Triple H's iconic matches. I mean, when you think about Hell in a Cell matches, you think about Cactus Jack, Triple H, and Hell in a Cell. This match was brutal. There was blood. There was a fire um, barbed wire club something. I I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something was on fire. Someone was getting hit with it. So, uh, I mean, this match was just crazy. It was awesome. And it showed you, like, that Triple H could be in these type of, you know, brutal matches. That like, he could just kind of do it all. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, for my number nine, I chose Triple H wins King of the Ring. Ah. Uh, okay. This was early in his career. I think this was 1997. Yes, it was. Um, and he actually won it against Mankind. And funny story, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk about this on, on any interviews, but... He refused to wear the King of the Ring crown. He just didn't like the way it looked. So uh-huh. they would give him a crown, and he would beat m- Mankind with it. So he, he couldn't wear it. And then they <laughs> gave him a crown the next night on Raw, and he beat Mankind again. Uh, he beat him again with it, so they couldn't <laughs> wear it again. Like, he was like, I refuse to wear the crown. I'm not wearing it. That's, 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 uh, that's, uh, that's Triple H for you. Exactly. <clears throat> um, what are we, moving on to number eight here? Yes, sir, number eight. Uh, Triple H's entrances. I mean, the guy was just always known for these iconic entrances. This is true. And I have to go with uh, 2011, WrestleMania 27. Comes out the King of Kings, man. Like, that yep. entrance was just amazing. Absolutely. Sitting on the throne. He's got the skull mask on, the crown on. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Yep. No, I got to agree. That honestly was a solid uh, entrance from Triple H. Uh, my number eight is something you actually already mentioned. Uh, I put it at number eight. Triple H wins his 14th world title in the Royal Rumble. Listen, I mean, you, you can't not talk about that moment because, first of all, that's probably the last time we'll ever see Triple H hold the world title. It's not going to exactly. happen anymore. That's why and I put it there. Listen, when he came out, we were like, oh, like, it's going down. Yeah. And, like, the thing, I don't know about you, but I remember the most from that match is uh, when he eliminates Roman – and just unloads a bunch of DX chops at him. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that's prime time Triple H right there. Yeah, it, it was unexpected. I really didn't even expect Triple H to win the title that time. So, like, I'm pretty sure I think people were going for Roman. They wanted Roman to win. I think he was uh, in prime position at that time to win it. And then Triple H came out of nowhere and wins that match. So it was awesome. And honestly, yeah. like you yeah. said, to reiterate, that probably is the last time we're going to see Triple H hold the world title. Exactly, yeah. What do you got for number seven? Uh, moving on to number seven, yeah. Triple H forms a formidable alliance with Stone Cold Steve Austin, baby. 
the Yo, two, the two man man power trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up on this podcast. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. I mean, come on, man. The, those two guys, those are probably like the two top dogs at the time. They come, they beat up on the rock. I think it was on a raw, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it, was, so, it was probably uh, the Raw. I think the Raw after Mania. Yeah, they, they beat up yeah, on the Rock. Raw after Mania. Yeah, they beat up the Rock. Uh, Triple H came out and helped Stone Cold win. And, you know, thus, you know, forming uh, the two-man power trip, which today, to me, is one of the best tag teams ever. Two guys at the time, they were on top of the world forming an alliance. So that was just great to me. Yeah, and, and to, to reiterate how good they were, dude, they held all the gold. Austin yeah. had the, the world title, Triple H had the Intercontinental, and they held the tag team titles. Tag titles, yeah. Like, like that just shows you how dominant those two were. Yeah, when you when we ever I don't know sometime down the line if I ever get on the podcast again, hopefully we'll go down and talk uh, best tag teams of all time. I'm pretty sure they're gonna be on that list. Oh, absolutely, I have to agree with that. Uh, my number seven is uh, something that happened last year. Uh, Triple H gets inducted into the Hall of Fame with DX. You know, uh, <laughs> honestly, I I. I I, it slipped my mind for a second, and then like I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, dude, like I gotta mention that." Like Triple H is technically a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like I can't yeah. forget that he's technically a Hall of Famer now. Yeah, well, the faction is a Hall of Famer, and yeah, I mean he's in that faction, so technically, yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. I, I you know, good, that's another one that I honestly I don't have on here because I was. Okay. Just, I'm I'm doing mostly just solely things that are just about Triple H, but you know that is a great point. He was obviously in the faction, so. So what do you got for number six? Number six, uh, something that you already brought up. Uh, Triple H wins King of the Ring in 1997. You know, that uh, I think that's one of the, you know, things that Triple H, you know, elevated his career was winning that, making him, you know, one of, you know, the top ten guys in wrestling, taking him out of that mid card, putting him on the main card, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. It, it, that was definitely, yeah, to, to I mean... He he definitely still ran the mid card from there, but like he was he was up there though. Like you knew that this guy was gonna make it someday. Like he yeah, was like you, you know that pretty much established. You know he established himself. That you know you knew Triple H was up and coming. You knew some you know sometime soon he was gonna be the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for my number six, I have Triple H forms Evolution. Oh. In my opinion, wow. I mean, because people debate it as much as they want, I think his best. Uh, group or faction or stable was uh, Evolution. It just wow. it, it, it literally it, it literally no I'm I'm sorry just me. Evolution was exactly what they said they were like. You had the guy at the time who was the top of the game. You had yeah. the guy from yesteryear who was the best of all time, and you had these two young studs who you were like I'm gonna make them into something, and they did. Every single person in Evolution became a world champion or was a world champion. Yeah, and I mean, arguably, you know, all of those guys are Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just a Hall of Famer, and Randy is obviously on his way. He's going to be a Hall of Famer at some point. Absolutely, and when it comes to Evolution, you know, the, the thing that sticks with me with them is, you know, that, that Armageddon where they're all standing on top of the, the entrance, then they all have a title. They're all yeah. holding the title. This shows how dominant they were as a team. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, kudos to you again. I don't have the evolution uh, faction <laughs> on my list. That's, uh, I'm mean, honestly very disappointed. I honestly just like flew right over my head when I was making this list. But that that's a great one, honestly. I wish I had that one. 
No problem, man. Take us into that top five now. Here we go. Here we go. Top five. Uh, Triple H becomes uh, leader of the DX. Taking out Shawn Michaels, you know? Establishing himself as the dominant guy in the WWE and of the DX, you know, bringing in X-Pox and the New Age Outlaws, you know, right after that, introducing them into DX with China. So I thought that that was huge in his career, you know, that kind of just like catapult him on, you know, in the in the Attitude Era, you know? No, absolutely. Um, my number five is something you actually mentioned already. Uh, Triple H versus uh, Mick Foley, Hell in a Cell. Uh, I picked that because, you know, that was the match that retired Mick Foley. Triple yes, H retired Mick Foley. Yeah. And, you know, was, uh... sure, he came back here and there to wrestle a couple times, like, whatever. But that was legitimately, like, the end of his full-time career. And Triple no, H, yeah, to give someone like that, like, who just started like, getting into the main top card, to give him something like that to, to end a legend's career like Mick Foley, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. Yeah, it speaks volumes to what, uh, you know, Vince thought of Triple H to, you know, have, uh, or even Mick Foley himself, you know, choosing Triple H to, you know, you can send me off, man. Like, you're the guy. Like, you do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going, moving on to the top four here. Yep. Uh, Triple H wins the Royal Rumble for the first time in 2002. Yeah. That's a good you know, one. Uh... I, I don't think you can uh, move forward, really, or consider yourself one of the best if you don't, obviously, win a Royal Rumble. So, you know, winning it for the first time really catapults you. And uh, actually, when he won this one, this one uh, sent him on to Mania, which we'll talk about that a little, uh, soon in the top in the top uh, five. So. Well, it's funny you mention that because my top four is when he goes on to WrestleMania and he wins the Undisputed title. It's a perfect segue. I love it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, listen, it, it, like you said, you know, he, he won the Rumble, and then he goes on to Mania to win the Undisputed title against Chris Jericho. Yeah. I, I yeah. think, you know, that 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 it's – because this is when he just came back from injury, yeah. um, and it honestly showed that he didn't miss a beat. He came back, yeah. won the Rumble, and won the world title. Yeah. Just bro. like that. And it was, it was amazing, too, which – I'm going to move into the top three right now because I have Triple H returns to the WWE in 2002 after a career-threatening injury. Nice. And, you know, the man comes back with his leather jacket and a denim vest over it. Yep. And, I mean, when he came out, this was probably one of the biggest pops I've ever heard in WWE history. And I, I watched this in 2002 live. And it was when he came out, his music hit. It was, I mean, the crowd erupted, erupted, yeah. and it was amazing. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely, that was honestly a great moment in his career. Uh, number three for me, Triple H turns on Shawn Michaels. Um, um so you know, when he decides to go to Raw uh, back in 2002, uh, you know, Shawn was like, "Let's do it, man. Let's redo DX and." He was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And like, you honestly believe it. They came out in the DX entrance, DX shirts. They're doing their whole DX stick. And then out of nowhere, Triple H hits Shawn Michaels at one of the craziest pet interviews I've ever seen in my life. Because he gets yeah. tight on there. Um, yeah. And I had to pick one this moment because this led to some of the greatest matches between him and Shawn Michaels between yeah. 2002 and 2004. They are some of the best matches you will ever see in wrestling history. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had to pick that for Triple H. Yeah, uh, I mean, that that uh, him turning on Michaels, that was that was great for entertainment aspect of it. Yep, I mean, yep. you know, people they probably didn't even see that coming. I think he turned on uh, Shawn Michaels after he lost to Stone Cold, and uh, he deemed him as, as like, I think he said, I think he quoted like he said uh, to show how Shawn Michaels was weak or something like that. Yep. Don't really remember too much, but yeah. And uh, didn't he smash his face like into a car or something? Yeah, he did into a car (laughs) window. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean that that was just crazy. That's one of yeah. That that's an iconic moment in uh, Triple H's career. can't, can't, yeah, honestly, you can't speak Triple H on Michael, though. You really can't. Oh, absolutely. I agree. What do you got for number two there? Uh, Number two, well, to, to reiterate on uh, the DX, you know, on uh, 1997, Triple H forms DX with Shawn Michaels for the first time. Yep, there you go, man. You know, that was the introduction of DX, 1997. I mean, that, to me, you know, was the biggest time, you know, uh, in WWE, they were they were in battle WCW. They weren't you know doing so well. And as soon as Triple H and Shawn Michaels formed the DX, I mean they just turned things around. I mean they just catapulted themselves and to one of the greatest factions of all time. No, yep, I gotta agree with you on that one. And to stay with the DX, uh, my number two is actually Triple H becoming the leader of DX. Um, <laughs> I. I personally believe uh, his version of DX was a lot better than him and Sean. I mean, him and Sean is iconic. It will always be iconic. But uh, Triple H's DX, it being more of a group like that, was a direct response, in my opinion, to the NWO. Like, you were either NWO or you were DX. That was it. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, back then, I can't lie, I was was all NWO. I mean, (laughs) those were my boys back then. But I I also loved the DX. I mean, you can't. You cannot not like them, you know? Like, exactly. that was great. No, yep, I got to agree. All uh, right, Rob, what do you got for number one? Number one, uh, you know, you've, you've already mentioned it, but I, I have to, you know, put some some pizzazz on it. You know, Triple H becomes champion for the first time in 1999 on Monday Night Raw. Beats Mankind, you know, you can't, you can't move forward in your career and be considered one of the best without a world title. And, yeah. you know, to win your first, that's something special. And to do it against one of the best mankind, I mean, that just speaks volume, you know. Honestly, yeah. a lot of Triple H's firsts are against mankind. Like, a lot of the stuff oh, that he's done, yeah. iconic stuff, it has to do with mankind. Catholic Him and Jackson. mankind, like, their rivalry is, like, people don't realize, like, how big it really is. No, it was huge, dude. I'm telling you, like I said, like, when I was doing, you know, just remembering this stuff off the top of my head, doing a little research, a lot of the stuff involved, man, kind of like, God damn, these guys, they really went at it back in the day. No, yeah. Um, so my number one, something you've already mentioned, uh, Triple H returns to Madison Square Garden. Uh, listen, you're, you're absolutely right, man. Uh, you know, that pop that he got. Uh, he actually said in interviews, you know, he was scared to go out because he was like, I don't know if people are going to remember me. You know, I've been gone for nine, ten months. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to react to me. And for them to erupt, especially in a place like Madison Square Garden, like, that place holds history. And now, you know, when you think Madison Square Garden, you will think Triple H's return when you think of history in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, that it was huge, dude. It was huge. One of the greatest, you know, comebacks of all time, especially coming back 
offer something people some thought you know in that time that he wasn't going to come back from it was a yeah. you know it was a career threatening injury it was very serious and you know he thought at some point that he might have not been able to come back and he did and when he did you know the crowd loved him they remembered him and they just erupted yeah and you know, even even uh, even in new york yeah and even good old jr says like when you go back and watch it he's like this is the loudest i've ever heard it in Madison square garden yeah. and you know as you mentioned, with what he was wearing, the the iconic jean jacket with the Triple H cross on the back, man. Yeah. And let me tell you, uh, in that return, when Kurt Angle comes out and he beats the hell out of him, and you see how Jack Triple H got, dude, yeah. he got built. Yeah, he, he was built. He was, massive. he was massive. I mean, that dude probably had like 0% body fat at that time. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I guarantee you're probably right. Yeah, he, he was massive. But, uh, yeah, dude, that was our top ten on Triple H, man. I think it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I think we had a lot of the same, you know, some different. I think you had a lot of great ones. You know, some that I even flew over my head, like the Evolution. I can't believe I missed that. That That's terrible. <laughs> Listen, man, it's all good. It, it's, it's okay. You know, we, we want to have a couple of differences here and there. We don't want to always be the same. No, nah, yeah, and, and, and honestly, yeah, I'm happy you had some differences and I had some differences. So that's great. Yep. Well, I, I think we've reached the end of the podcast here. Ah, shameful. <laughs> I know, but don't worry. We'll definitely have you back on here, Rob. We'll definitely get uh, you back on. Definitely, definitely, Johnny. Again, thanks for you know having me. Can't wait to be back, man. It's it's been great. No, absolutely, man. And thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. For Robert Keyless, I am Jonathan Stanfield. Just keep jobbing, everybody. I'll see you guys next week. Later, bro.